apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, for additional details. Joel turned first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. It's two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with RMJ. I'm Steve Risser along, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And uh, the college football playoff rankings are out for this week. Uh, not much, not, not much of a surprise. I mean, uh, Georgia number one, uh, Michigan number two after their big win over Ohio State, uh, TCU number three as 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 they're, they 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 stayed undefeated last week, beating Iowa State. Uh, USC number USC number four, and then number five Ohio State, number six Alabama. Alabama's interesting because they finally entered the conversation. We thought they were done a couple weeks ago, but they finally entered the conversation. But really, what it means for me is uh, I think Georgia and Michigan are in, regardless of what happened. Yeah, they might lose; they might be lower seeds if they lose this week. But, but I think I think it also means it's pretty obvious. TCU obviously winning; they're in, and then USC they now control their own destiny. They win and they're in. And and for Ohio State, I think Ohio State's got to hope uh, one of those two teams loses because I think if one of the two teams loses, I especially USC. I th- if they lose, I think that Ohio State definitely gets in because they're a one loss. Uh, they're 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 a one loss team, but they're one loss to Michigan. Because even and, and even if TCU loses, I think they get in. And even here's what's going to be even more interesting: say TCU and USC lose, Ohio State's in as the number three seed. Who is that number four seed? Is it a one loss TCU or a two loss Alabama? Uh, I'm still taking, I'm still taking a one loss TCU, but I think the committee. It would take that two loss Alabama. 
Oh, I'm 100% with you. I, I'd i go with one loss TCU because you got to give them credit. They ran, they, they ran the regular season table. If they lose a game to a top 10 Kansas State team, they really shouldn't be punished for it. But I'm with you. The only thing they care about is the ratings. And especially, you know, any way they can get Ohio State and Alabama in there, that will help the ratings. And that's all they care about. You know, believe it or, you know, because look, let's be honest. TCU plays in the Big 12, but they're treated like a little guy. They, oh, yeah. They really are. They really are. They were in 2014. And yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't get the respect then. They're not going to get the respect now. And again, I, they all right there with, if they, they, even they lose, as long as it's a close game, they should get in. But yeah, they, they, they have to win this game. Right. I think on Sunday, Ohio State's going to be sitting there sliding in at number four. Yeah. I mean, TC, yeah, USC definitely has to win. That's a must win. Mm-hmm. They don't get in, they're out. USC's out. TCU probably is out, but, 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 but they would, they would need definitely, yeah, if USC wins and TCU loses, they're definitely out. But say USC loses and TCU loses, TCU might be able to sneak in because there's a, there is a chance they would take them over Alabama. But that's very risky for TCU. It becomes, when it gets between them and Alabama, as you said about ratings, if it comes between them and Alabama, that's very risky for TCU. Yeah, absolutely. Again, do you think that committee and ESPN want a uh, Georgia TCU? You think they they much rather have Georgia and Alabama? They want they want Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Ohio State, yeah. Again, that game, Ohio State, Michigan did sixteen million, I think, seventeen million. So wow, you, you, they they and ESPN, ESPN didn't have it. it. Fox had it. Yeah. So you know, ESPN would be looking their chops if they had any opportunity to to uh, be able to put that game on their network. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think you know, unfortunately, I think TCU would be uh, left out and you know going to uh, to another New Year's Six A Bowl. But again, I just you know, it would. It would be unfortunate because they do they you know they they got it they they should deserve credit for going twelve and all and you lose to a top ten team in a neutral site but it's the way it works and you know it, in this world it's all about money absolutely and yeah and, T, and that TCU Georgia matchup that's that's not making the definitely not making the money that an, that an, an an Alabama Georgia matchup or an Ohio State Georgia matchup would make so yeah so yeah it's 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 pretty it. it it could very easily be a must-win game for TCU this week. But let's get to the games, and we'll start with the Pac-12 championship game. And we got Utah and USC going at it. Uh, Utah's going to be without Tavion Thomas, but Dalton Kincaid's playing. He had over 200 receiving yards in the game that that USC that Utah beat them beat them in in October. So I think this is I think again this is a really 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 close competitive game between these two teams. I think this is this is a this is a really close competitive game. But in the end, I'm taking the team with the – I've rode the USC bandwagon all year, and I'm not getting off it. I'm taking the team with Caleb Williams, who to me should be the Heisman Trophy winner. He's been outstanding this year. He's made more of a difference than any player in college football this year, and I think he leads his team to the college football playoff, and that's why I got USC winning the Pac-12 and getting a spot in the postseason. I got them beating Utah 31-24. But, Justin, can the Utes repeat as Pac-12 champs? I don't think so. I think Lincoln Riley finds a way to win the Pac-12 championship game, thirty-eight to thirty-four. Utah won that game, but two-point conversion late. Like that was just a back-four game up, up in Salt Lake City. Don Kincaid, yeah, as you mentioned, sixteen catches, two hundred thirty-four yards. He left the Colorado game. He's banged up. It, 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 he is going to play, but probably not going to be one hundred percent healthy. And Utah's number one cornerback, um, uh, Clark Phillips, who's 
probably gonna be a first rounder, maybe an early second rounder, is um I believe is still questionable for this game. So you lose your number, so you possibly may not have your number of quarterback cornerback against Jordan Addison of that offense. And it's not a Utah team that's you know, I've said this a couple of times we talked about Utah. It's just it's not the normal Utah team where their physicality up front. And I think they may struggle in that. Again, you just you gotta find a way to somehow keep uh Caleb Williams for extending plays like he did last week. He just in, in the UCLA game, he just you know, he just finds a way every time. You gotta try to avoid that. But I just I don't it's not the same Utah team. I think USC finds a way to way to um knock them off. Yeah, without Devin Lloyd, that defense is not as good. That defense is not as good. And and without Tavion Thomas, their running game won't be as good. So that's why I think Cam Rising will make plays with his legs. I think he'll make some plays with his arm, but I just don't think they're good enough in this game. I just think I think that I just think Caleb Williams, who has been outstanding, is gonna win this one. Yeah, me too. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Cam Rising, it's there's been a couple of big games, like that Oregon game on the road. He did not play well at. You know, he's times in big games, he has not been great, but USC's defense isn't you know, he should, yeah, he should be able to make plays though against that USC defense because it, you know, they have trouble stopping a lot of teams. Oh, absolutely. With, with, without question, without question. So we got the Big 12 title game between Kansas State and TCU. I mean, this is a, obviously TCU is a huge game, but I think that TCU wins this game. And I think they win it by double digits. I think, I think TCU's offense, we, we, TCU's offense is really, really good. And uh, they got to come from Xander. Yeah, how about my Cowboys? Chill. I've been quiet all year. I'm going to stay quiet. All right, we'll respond to Xander here. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's the thing about your Cowboys, and we talked about them on the previous show. They're nine. They're nine. They're uh. They're they're eight and three, but I do think they're not. I don't think they're as good as the 49ers and the Eagles. And here's why: I don't think Dak Prescott is great. I think he's top ten. He's not top five. I think the run defense is a major issue. It's going to be a major issue when they play the good teams. I think the 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 the, the middle of that Cowboy defense is a major issue. They're very good on the edges with Parsons, with Lawrence, obviously Trayvon Diggs, who I think's had a better year than he has last year. So they're better on the edges. But I think the problem with the Cowboys is the middle of the defense, and Dak is not great. And that's why I could very easily see them. I think they I could very easily see them losing the first round. I could see them losing to the Bucs, but I don't think this Cowboy team, just like they normally are, I think they're good. They're not great, and I don't see them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, unfortunately. It's yeah, unfortunately, Xander. I with Steve here, I just, yeah, I think the Niners, the way they're playing, you know, with McCaffrey coming in, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Again, yeah, you could probably beat the Vikings again. Probably be closer than the last time. But, yeah, you know, again, I, I just don't think you want to see a playoff parade either because that's going to be tough to beat if you match up with them, um, you know, possibly. Yeah, I just, you know, and the Eagles too could be it's going to be a tough one for them as well. So, the, the Cowboys are good. I could see them win a game or two. I just – I don't know yeah, if they're the Super Bowl contender yet. It does. It, this would be the year, if any, for the Cowboys because it is pretty wide open. Like you know, because the Eagles and Niners both have their awards, but it 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 is more open. I feel like this year. So if, if there's any year for the Cowboys to get back there, it could be this year. But yeah, I'm not high on it though. Yeah, we had we had we had a DVA from our college football talk because Xander, we miss Xander. He's been Xander yeah. was a great was 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 part of the show all year year last year. He was he was commenting all year. We miss Xander. We definitely miss yeah. Xander. He was a great he was a huge huge listener last year. And yeah, yeah. So when he's talking Cowboys, I don't care what we're talking about. We got to talk Cowboys. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I know. It, we yeah, it's been weird. We haven't you now heard from him a lot this year. So yeah, you know, it was always good banter last year going back and forth with them with uh with the Cowboys. You know, they're having another really good year. You know, I I thought without um. You know, Tyron Smith, they were going to struggle this year offensively, you know, but they're they're right there still in the pack. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're still a playoff team. 
having a really good year, but the schedule is health and be, being the Giants was crucial for them. Beating the Giants was definitely crucial for them. Yeah, that was a that was a big one to get to sweep over them. Um, you know, at home, so yeah, it was another big division game. It kind of put themselves in second place there with some with some uh, with some cushion there. Absolutely, absolutely. So now back to what we were talking about, and then, funny, this game's at Jerry yeah, World. This game's sure. at, at, at Cowboy Stadium as the Kansas as Kansas State faces TCU. I think TCU is going to contain Deuce Vaughn, and I think I think their offense is going to have another big game. They score over thirty points. Max Dugan, Max Dugan. Uh, Miller and uh, Quentin Johnson all have good games, and I got TCU. I, I got them doing it. I got them finishing the season undefeated and, and and punching their ticket to the college football playoff. So my top four are going to be, you know, we'll do that after we predict the games. But yeah, but so I got I got TCU. I got TCU punching their ticket to the college football playoff. But Justin, can Deuce Vaughn spoil the Horn Frogs playoff hopes? I think they do. I got oh. K State thirty-five, thirty-one. Wow, wow. I. Think it's a reason why you know Will Will Howard to be health is healthy. Adrian Martinez will be available, but Kansas State lost Martinez and Will Howard in that game. They were up twenty-eight to ten. They were averaging twelve yards a play. After that, when the third string came in, they were only averaging three, three yards a game a carry or three yards a, a play. Another, I just I I think Kansas. You got another comment oh, okay. from Xander. I've been I've been this way because I've been super busy driving for FedEx, but I'll but I'll I'll watch your show. Oh yeah, oh definitely, absolutely, be watching the shows, definitely, definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, but back to Cal, how Kansas State's gonna win the game. Yeah, so yeah, I just I think you know Deuce Vaughn's gonna be too much for the um for the Horn Frogs. I, I again, TZ's been a great story. I know I've, I've picked against them a couple times. They looked really good last week. Um, but I just think this Kansas State team's. I, I think it's a tough matchup for them. Um, I think Dugan makes some plays in this game, but both teams, you know, both teams defensively. Um, you know, they whoever can get the stops towards the red zone, whoever holds teams to field goals, both offenses when they get close to the red zone, they both punch it in. They don't usually settle for field goals. That's going to be huge in this game. But I, I'm going to take Kansas State. I just remember watching that first half and Kansas State just dominated them. I, I they're pretty even, but I think Kansas State finds a way this week to knock them off. They did dominate them, but TCU dominated them in the second half. I don't think Kansas State's good enough defensively. I just don't think they're good enough defensively. I just that's why I think TCU's going to do it. I know I know TCU's been close a lot to losing games, but I just don't think Kansas State's good enough defensively. No, I can totally see they 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 haven't. TCU, yeah, TCU's not great defensively either. I just re- remember watching that game, and it was Martinez and Will Howard did whatever they wanted to, and if they got four quarters of that, I know. Again, they make adjustments and all that. I just, I think that TCU team with, with Vaughn, I think it's a tough matchup for them. I just, I think, you know, again, I wouldn't be shocked to see TCU win that game. Again, they're probably, they're, you know, they're right around the corner at Fort Worth. There's going to be, it's going to, it's a TCU home game pretty much. But I, I think Kansas State figures it out. TCU's had a ton of close calls, but I think this one, they're going to have a tough time figuring out a way to get, get over the hump in this one. We got the SEC title game between Georgia and LSU, and I don't think this is much of a game. I think Brian Kelly's done a phenomenal job getting them here, but I don't think this is going to be much of a game. I mean, LSU is way too reliant on Jaden Daniels. I think he'll make a mistake or two in this game. And I think UGA's – you saw Texas A&M. They ran the ball for almost 300 yards, and you knew they were going to run the ball. You knew Texas A&M was going to run the ball. This team with Stenson Bennett, I think he throws a couple touchdown passes. I think uh, I think McIntosh, I think that uh, – and the rest of this running game, I th- I think that uh, I think they run the ball all over LSU, and that's why I got Georgia winning the SEC title and probably getting the number one seed in the college football playoff. I got Georgia winning this game, thirty-eight to twenty. But Justin, 
is there any way Jaden Daniels could help the, the Tigers pull off a major upset? Probably not. You know, he well, the only way he can is if he plays even better than he did against that Alabama game. And I don't think there was much more he could do that Alabama game that that he didn't. And he's banged up. He left that game with an ankle injury. He was in a boot. And he's, as you mentioned, he's a huge part of that running game. There's no way that ankles would be 100% this week. I just see them having a rough time with that football. Yeah, their defense did not show up last week. And another thing is their special team has been awful too this year. They're, they're starting field position year offensively. They rank 125th in the country. I Again, you try to get, do that against your, the Georgia's defense, you're gonna. it's going to be a long day. It's tough to move the ball against them. And for Georgia, they didn't look great last week for the first 30 minutes. They came out and you know, just overwhelmed talent against Georgia Tech. But Georgia's still playing because, you know, semifinals is, you know, uh, is in Atlanta. You know, they want that one so they could choose playing right there in the Peach Bowl. So I think Georgia's going to be fired up. Oh, if they they have the one, they they, they have the choice? Of choice, yeah, where to play in the semifinals. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. This game does mean something for Georgia. You know, because it's Michigan, it's either that or the Fiesta Bowl. I, I think Michigan could probably go either way. With that one, if they somehow got the one, but I just I don't, you know, I see Georgia fired up, ready for this one. The the yeah, Kelly did a great job, but the see West this year was just so watered down. It's probably the worst saving team I think in probably the last decade or so. It's just it was a watered down conference. You, you you LSU took advantage. You did a great job, but there's no way they're keeping up with uh, Georgia this week. And, and and you don't want to see that. Uh, you don't want to see that Alabama team somehow in the playoffs. I I know that that's the case. No, no, we do not. You know, for how bad you know, it's just the top. It's a borderline top ten team, and you know, it's just it's it's not a it's not a premium Nick Saban team, which is weird to see. But yeah, you, I don't want to see that team in in the playoffs. They don't they don't deserve it, which is odd saying for a Nick Saban team, but they they really don't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll go to the Big Ten championship game, and this is probably going to be the most lopsided game of the weekend, obviously because of the divisions. I mean, the Big Ten. Oh, West was absolutely terrible this year and produce more than likely there's a chance Aiden O'Connell might not play for, and we all know that for, 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 for a, uh, and we all know, we understand, uh, we obviously understand that because of what happened in his family. So there's a good chance O'Connell, O'Connell might not play, but that's definitely understandable seeing what's happened in his family. But I think this is in this game, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Corum and uh, and and uh, Edwards are going to have big games on the ground. I think JJ McCarthy's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. And I think for the second year in a row, big uh, Michigan's going to win this game in convincing fashion. But Justin, is there any way Purdue could pull off any kind of an upset? Well, Jeb Brom is three and zero at Purdue when facing top thirty teams. So wow. So they've been the spoil makers the last you couple years. You never know. You never know. You never yeah. know. Yeah, and you know with the O'Connell stuff, you know it's it's it it sounds like. Purdue thinks he's going to play Saturday night, which does help, you know. But yeah, I think it, if they, if Charlie Jones could somehow get behind that defense, I just don't see it happening. But if he can, you know, they they got a shot. But Blake Corn's probably not going to play. Donovan Edwards not going to play. Purdue's passing defense isn't great. Their best quarterback they've probably faced this year was either Sean Clifford or Talia Taga, Tagovailoa. You know, they really haven't seen a good quarterback. McCarthy isn't great either, but. Um, I think he ne- ne- makes enough plays. And I, I just – that Michigan offensive line or even their defensive line, they're not going to be scared of playing Purdue up front. Um, I just – I think it's going to be tough for for Purdue to um, win this football game. I think they keep it close. I think it's 31-21 if O'Connell plays. But other than that, I, I just don't – I don't know. I think Michigan overwhelms them. And um, I think they pull what Michigan really, you know, 
I could see the game being close, but uh, Purdue's got nothing to lose. But Michigan finds a way to win the game. So before we get into the ACC championship game, what what is your four after after uh, on Sunday going to be? My four. We got we got a couple comments too. Uh, my my no. they're, they're from no one, but so but but my four are going to be uh, my four are uh, Georgia one, uh, Michigan two, uh, TCU three. It's what it is. What what it was what it was what it was announced last night. The TCU, uh, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. What are your four? My four is Georgia, Michigan. Um, unfortunately, because I think it's you know because I have TCU losing, I got USC at three, and unfortunately. I would put TCU still in there at number four, but I think the committee is going to go number four, Ohio State. So for mine, it's you know um, Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Ohio State. So you, so you, oh, so you got those. So you would take a one-loss TCU over a one-loss Ohio State. Yeah, if, if this is a close game, then absolutely yes, because Ohio State got blown out in the second half for the second really straight year in a row. And their schedule, you know, they did beat Penn State on the road. They went up there a couple scored. They they beat a Notre Dame team, but. They just got blown out, and you know TCU again. You know um, they didn't lose this still close game. I think they should be awarded to get in there. It, I think it again in this. You know it's tough to go twelve and zero in college football. You know especially and especially in the Big Twelve that there's not a bad there's no there's no Vanderbilt like there's no bottom bottom tier like you know there's not you know there's not that doormat. So I think they should be rewarded for it, but I don't think the committee will though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll 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 be re- that'll be really really interesting. That'll be interesting. But I think it's, that one's pretty that one is pretty obvious though that they would take Ohio State over TCU. But we'll, before we break, we'll talk about the uh, ACC championship game between Clemson and uh, North Carolina. I think this game, I think this game is going to be close. Even though this is the one game that really doesn't matter this week, I think this game is going to be close. I think, but I, and I do think that uh, Clemson's defense, Clemson wins it because of their defense. And I think they force uh, Drake may to turn the ball over a couple of times. And I think, uh, Will Shipley gets a couple, gets a, a, over hundred yards. That's why I got Clemson beating North Carolina 24, 17, but can Mac Brown get an ACC title? I think they have a chance. I just don't trust their defense. I got the Clemson 2023, even though DJ was nine for 28 last week. I can't believe Dabo doubled down that he he's their starter next week. I just, again, I, DJ needs to enter the transfer portal. I don't, you know, I, I, I you know, they need to kind of figure out that offense. Um, but I just don't trust North Carolina, especially on the line of scrimmage either. They're not great. And Drake may, their offense kind of been out of sync the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to have a tough time protecting them. If he can ex- extend some plays, um, they got a chance, but drop passes too for the Tarles. I've heard them. I think, um, I think Clemson will find a way to knock them off. But um, I, I do think it's a close one. But I wouldn't be shocked. I just I don't trust North Carolina's defense, even for how bad DJs looked the last couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it should be it should be a good game. But uh, yeah, Clemson Clemson should win this game because North Carolina's not playing well going into the game. But we got some new coaching hires in college football, and the U.S. advanced to the round of sixteen in the World Cup. But before we talk about that, we're gonna hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. 
you deserve a personal tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. So we had a busy week of new hires in college football as a Matt Rule. Got hired at uh, Nebraska. Uh, Luke Finkel got hired at uh, at Wisconsin. And then Hugh Freeze got hired at uh, Auburn. And uh, the big question is which coaching hire will be the best. And I think it's definitely Matt Rule. I know Matt Rule was a terrible NFL head coach. But I think in the pros, I, no, I think in college, I think he's done a great job. He did a great job building Temple. He did a great job rebuilding Baylor. And I think he's going to do, do a great job rebuilding Nebraska. I would not be surprised if Nebraska wins the Big Ten. I know it's not a a huge accomplishment, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win the West next year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Matt rules is a really good one. I think he fits really, really well um, for what Nebraska is now. They're not going to get the five or four star kids. So, you know, they, you know, he did a great job developing at Baylor. You got to remember the way he took over for that, um, for the stuff that Art Bryles left for all that stuff. He did an amazing job there of fixing that, getting that program to where, you know, better. And then with Temple too, win a couple championships there. So, yeah, I, I think Matt Rule can, can kind of get the ceiling wherever, you know, whatever it is for Nebraska nowadays. The one for me, I am, it was tough between all three, but I'm going to take um, Hugh Freeze. He's being saving twice. If he can keep his nose out of trouble this time around, um, I think he grew really, really well at Auburn. You know, he used the chance, he, Brought in a lot of transfers at Ole Miss, you know, when it still wasn't that popular, popular, popular left yet. He did. He won. He's won wherever he's gone. He's done a really good job of just um, developing quarterbacks, which Auburn really hasn't had in a while. So, I, I like. I, I think Hugh Freeze could win a national championship or two at Auburn. Um, you know, so I, I think that's a really, you know, good hire. But again, could he keep his nose out of trouble this time around? That's kind of the big question. But he's a guy that has beaten saving in back-to-back years and he's got more resources at Auburn than Ole Miss does. So I, I think Auburn with Hugh Freeze, I'd be shocked that they don't win a national championship. I just think Hugh Freeze is in a brutal division though. I think he's in a brutal, mm-hmm. brutal spot that, that, that uh, SEC West. I think Matt rules in a better spot be, being in the big 10 West. I know Luke Fickle's in a good spot too, 
But I think Matt Rule, because I, but Luke Fickle's been good. He did a great job building Cincinnati, but he hasn't built two programs the way Matt Rule has. That's why I like Matt Rule. Yeah, and I completely, I see, yeah, you know, yeah, because Matt Rule, again, Temple was, has never really been a football school. You know, they, they, he did a credible job there. And yeah, the stuff with Baylor was really good. Yeah. You know, he's, Hugh Freeze is not walking into an easy division and all that, but he's the type of guy, I don't know how much longer Saban's going to be around. Like at some point, if, if he's there for a while, I, I could see Auburn win a couple SEC West titles. I could see them get in the college football playoff. The way he's just been able to develop and he just wins wherever he goes, I think they could find a way to win one or two. You know, national championship and that fickle, fickle Wisconsin. That's gonna, you know, that was, you know, another one too because it's like I think Wisconsin's gonna get out and try to go with a more modern offense, and because that team's always eight and four or something like that. Like that, I think that could definitely be another one where Wisconsin could be right there. You know, it's gonna take a couple of years, but I wouldn't be shocked the next five six years. Maybe they get to a level where they're able to compete with Ohio State in Michigan. They don't want to modernize that offense too much because you can see what Michigan's done. It's that, that, you know, you can get a physical enough offensive line or, or in defensive line, you know, you, you could be in pretty good shape. You have enough pieces around them. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it should be interesting. All three, I think all three are good hires. I mean, I, th- I think all three are going to turn their programs around. But we got to move on. We got to talk about a little bit of the World Cup in the U.S. yesterday. Move on, moves, moves on to the round of 16 after beating uh, Iran. Uh, one to nothing. I mean, it was a really, really good game. And now they play the Netherlands, and this is going to be a tough one for them. But I think for the U- Team USA, they've accomplished what they set out to do. They got to the elimination round. They got out of group play. I think it's a successful run. for After missing the World Cup the year before, in 2018, I think this is a, this is a successful run for the U.S. Yeah, you know, it was rare for them to miss it. Um, so, yeah, I think getting out of this, this re- their, the, gr- the group is good. Um, you know, and I thought, yeah, couple of draws there they found a way to win yesterday so yeah i think it's definitely a good sign for team usa especially for how young they are as well so you probably have a lot of guys that are going to come back in the next four years that have the experience and again they're going to have that experience now of playing in the knockout round and you know they're again it's you know it's definitely feels like the future is brighter for uh for the men's uh usa soccer it absolutely is. It absolutely is. I mean, the excitement too. I think a lot of people were into the game into, into yesterday. I think a lot of people will be into Saturday. It's gonna be a tough game on Saturday, but and I think they have a chance. I mean, when you when you only give it, when your goalie's only given one goal, you definitely have a chance uh, to to win to really beat anybody in this tournament. Yeah, you do. You know, um, and I thought you know yesterday too. You know, the couple they like the thought like in the England game too, and I in Iran they had multiple chances. They just couldn't convert and. Yeah, you know, Netherlands, I think they're a top 10 team I saw as well. So, yeah. It's number eight, number eight overall. But it'll be tough, yeah. Yeah, it'll be tough. Again, you know, against England, you know, they weren't supposed to win against England. They found a way to get a draw there. So, yeah, I could see them playing tough. Um, I know they brought in a couple extra defenders late in that game. But, yeah, I think they're going to have to continue to stay on attack, you know, um, against Netherlands Saturday. But, yeah, I think they could find a way to win. It'll be difficult, but I think I think they could find a way to win it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens to the U.S. on Saturday. But we're going to wrap up the show talking about a team that doesn't need another guy to be great, and that's the Houston Astros. And they signed uh, Jose Abreu. And the biggest, I think, a weak spot for the Astros lineup was first base. Now they, now they, they've had another bat. And I know his power numbers were down last year, but he did still hit over three hundred. You put him in that lineup with Alvarez, with Bregman, with Altuve, with Tucker. That's a now that's a top lineup. And the big question is, do they even need to sign Verlander to be the best team in the American League? And I say absolutely not. I, I think they're clearly the best team in the American League without even signing Jetson Verlander. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, because they probably have a guy, a major league ready guy at the at the AAA level, or you know, pretty close. Because just, like, just like with Correa, they had they yeah. had uh, Jeremy Pena sitting right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy that nobody, I never really even heard of, and I usually kind of try to say at top of my league, I never even really heard of much about the kid. So, yeah, you know, it, again, Gary Yale had a good playoff. He hit right around three fifty for the playoffs, but you know, like they didn't. Yeah, they didn't need another bat, but they got it. And they got a good one and. They got a guy who won an MVP and for third baseman usually hits for average. So yeah, again, they're already they're already better than everybody in the American League. And this just makes them even better. Why everybody else in the American League has just hasn't really done much so far. They've uh gone on and get better like they usually do. And three years, 58 million, that's a bargain. Yeah. I know he's a little bit older, but yeah, you know, it's that's not a bad deal for a guy that's you know gonna probably hit what maybe like around six or seven that lineup right now yeah you know that's you know that's that's a nice that's a nice pickup for him so yeah just it's another another guy in that lineup that you got to try to maneuver around and it's not easy yeah because you look at that lineup you got Altuve you got Bregman you got Alvarez you got Tucker uh you got Pena so yeah it's probably gonna be fifth probably fifth sixth or seventh in the lineup so that's really gonna help him and in the rotation you got Valdez and you got the guy who who hurts the Yankees big time, and that's Javier. So they're mm-hmm. I think the rotation, even if they don't sign Verlander, is going to be fine as well. So yeah, the Astros are looking really, really good going into next year. There's a very good chance they can get to their fourth World Series, and they can get to their, uh, I think, fifth World Series in seven years, and they could repeat as World Series champs. Yeah, it it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah, they've been on an impressive run right now. Um, they they and yeah, they they're definitely looking like one of the favorite, definitely the favorite right now in the American League, and. They're definitely right there again with the Dodgers of beating the beating the uh, or being the MLB favorite right now for the World Series. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RNJ for Justin and Alfredo. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking Week 14 of the NFL season and who made the Final Four in college football and the Heisman Trophy race. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.